Good evening. Uh, before we go into our lesson today, I would encourage you also, if, again, on uh, uh, look it over our adventure race and picnic. We need lots of uh, help running grills. Awesome, big old, you know, takes two people to run these grills, you know, set up, clean up, running in the race, the tricycle race we have, you know, I, I mean, this is going to be awesome. In the fishing tournament, all the things. If you're willing to sign up and serve in any capacity or just you'll trust our judgment and fill out a blank check and we'll put you where we need you, we would appreciate that very much, sir. So, okay. Why don't we take a moment right now also to pray for those in our nation who are in the line of a hurricane. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. We ask that you cause that hurricane, Lord, to divert and go out to sea. We ask you for a miracle to protect all the men, the women, the boys and girls who has been in the path of the hurricane. Lord, restore those who have already been involved in one and protect those now, Lord, who are in harm's way. We ask you for a miracle. And you said if two of us would agree on this earth, Concerning anything that we ask, that it be done. And we're asking for a miracle to protect all the people who have been in the path of that hurricane. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay. Well, we'd like to start talking about a little different topic uh, this evening. God's creative power unleashed. Wouldn't it be awesome if God's power was unleashed to us? I mean, all the power that God has that he used in creation, it was unleashed and available to you and me. Would that be cool or what? You know? But I believe it is. I believe it is. And I know we talk about prayer. I know we talk about faith. But I want to talk about another facet of who you are, and that's your imagination. How many of you got an imagination? All of you do. Some of you imagine, I'm not going to raise my hand right now. You know, some of you otherwise, you know. But we all got imaginations, you know. And uh, some of our imaginations are way off the charts even. So I want to look at that and consider that for just a little bit. But in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it says, So God created human beings in his own image. God created you and me in his image. That's what it says. In his image. You have an, how many of you have an imagination? Does that mean that God has an imagination? <laughs> Look at who he created. He sure had an imagination. All right. No, but God, he did so much more than just create you and me, you know. But he is a creator. And he is almighty and all-knowing and all-powerful, you know. And everybody that God created, he imagined first. He imagined us. And then he created us. Remember where he says, let us make man in our image? You know, he was thinking about us and he, and he made us. Just the way he imagined it. And you and I were created in the very image of God with the same kind of imagination that he has. 
It's an imagination that has a creative power to it. It's his that he deposited within you and me. And God does have a great imagination. You know, if you've been around here long or you met me somewhere along the way, I've usually bragged upon God's imagination. He created monkeys and kangaroos and porcupines and zebras and giraffes and earthworms. And I mean, God created an amazing, uh, bountiful, you know, supply of creatures. And to show these, he has imagination. He created you, you know, and he created me. He has an imagination. God does, still does. God's not boring. He's not old stick in the mud. He's not sourpuss either, you know. God is delightful, you know. Even Jesus role modeled that. The kids loved coming to him, getting on his knees, pulling on his beard and stuff like that, you know. But God is amazing. The ability to form pictures up here, stories up here, ideas in our mind, this is all God-given. You have the ability to dream. You have the ability, you know, to imagine because God gave it to you. And he wanted you to have it. He surely did, you know. God's creative power is unleashed to you and to me through imagination. Now, we're going to talk about that. We're going to see what the Bible has to say about this. This is not some kind of weird, wacky something or another. This is just rock-solid gospel truth that he says right here. Imagination. Imagination really is nothing more than an expanded thought. You know, a thought came and it's gone. An imagination is an expanded thought that's been chewed on, you know, and, and, and looked over and mulled over and chewed on some more and thought about. And it's, it's a, a thought that has expanded, you know, almost into like a movie, if you would. Snapshot that's been, you know, transformed into a, a movie. And the creative power of imagination, understand this, and it's important to understand like God gave you the freedom of choice, and you can choose what? Good or evil or bad, good or bad. And as we're talking about imagination, the creative power of imagination can be good or bad. Is all of the things that you imagine good? Not at all. Some of those things are bad. And let me just read a couple of verses. We're not going to stay here in these verses long, but I just want you to see how God views imaginations, good or bad. It says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, it says, you've heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. Y'all have heard that before? It's one of the Ten Commandments. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust... That's with the strong de desire that creates an imagination. But I say, who even anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Imagining something is the same as doing it. Did you know that works on a positive scale as well? When you imagine things, positive 
biblically founded. Same as doing it. We see this principle here very clearly set forth in God's word. Listen to what it says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. It says, for the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. They're not natural weapons, a sword or a shield or a spear or something like that. It says, for the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they are weapons, and they're mighty through God to pulling down of strongholds. You ever played King of the Hill? You know when you was a kid? Maybe some of you still play it with your kids because you're bigger and you can be the king, you know, or something. Well, that's what the devil does. He wants to be the king of our hill. And he wants to get a stronghold on us and pull us down, keep us down. And he wants to build a stronghold in our hearts and in our mind. But it says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons God's given us can pull down the strongholds. The strongholds that the devil has built around us or, or to barricade us or obstacles in our path, God has given us weapons that enable us to pull them down. But now, have you ever come up against something that just seemed too big and strong for you to handle? Yes. That's where we use our imagination. You pray. But what happens a lot of times when we pray? The devil fills us full of doubt. And we see that mountain getting bigger and bigger and bigger and the obstacle getting bigger and bigger and the debt getting bigger and the sickness getting worse and worse and the natural. We imagine it. What if we begin to imagine that God was answering our prayers? Is that possible? I think it is. I think it's a whole lot better to imagine yourself getting well instead of imagining yourself getting sick. If you're going to pray and, and invest the time in prayer, we should act like God's going to answer our prayers because he tells us that in his word in the book of James. He says, believe. He says, believe. Don't be like a, a, uh, you know, a wave talks back and forth. That's what he tells us in his word. It's absolutely amazing when you see this. But he tells us here, the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, they're not natural, but the weapons we have been given from God, they're mighty. And they will pull down the strongholds. They'll pull down the strongholds that the devil has built up. Where he wants to be the king of the hill in our life. The weapons that God has given us will pull those things down. I'm telling you. God's word when it's hidden in our, our minds and our heart empowers us. This. When it gets in our minds and our heart, it empowers us and enables you and me to pull down strongholds. And then it goes on to say, casting down, what's that next word? Imaginations, the bad ones. You know when doubt and fear and worry creep upon you and it wakes you up in the middle of the night and these scary kinds of thoughts come in and you almost have a little movie of something bad happening and things getting worse and all? That's an imagination. It's like a daydream at night. So that would be like a night dream. But do you know something? The Bible says you can cast the thing down. It does not have to play on the movie screen of your mind. God don't want you watching that. God wants you to watch the channel where the best is yet to come. That's what God wants you watching. That's what God wants you imagining. 
When you pray about something, you imagine that prayer is being answered. You, you imagine what God has already said in his word. Verse 5 says, casting down, and that word casting down means demolition. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Do you remember if, uh, Lucifer tried to exalt himself above the most high God? You remember that? He said, I'm going to be like God. I'm going to have a throne higher than God. Well, the devil's doing the same kind of thing with you and me. He tries to exalt himself. and He tries to put words and thoughts and imaginations in our mind that conflict with what the Bible says. He wants us to begin to believe something contrary to what God says. And our education system in this world in which we live have just gone absolutely bonkers feeding us and our children that kind of stuff. There's all kinds of stuff that is contrary to the Bible, but the Bible says through the weapons that's been given unto you and me, we can cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. See, don't let your thoughts expand into negative imaginations. And see, that's what a Imagination is, is a thought that has expanded. But do not let your thoughts expand into negativism, into a negative imagination. Don't let it go there. Don't ever imagine that, oh, I forgot my stuff. Hold on a second. Keep that thought. Don't ever imagine that God carries a big stick and that he's just waiting for one of you guys to step out of line so he can wrap you on the top of the noggin with it. Now, some people that I know over the years, they genuinely believe that God was an old, decrepit man with a big old stick and he was just waiting for them to make a mistake so he could hit them with it. And you know something? That's an imagination that needs to be what? Cast down. Because it's a lie. It is not the truth. God is love. So much love that he gave his own son to die in your place. Even to die in the place of the men who had beat him and nailed him to the cross. So God does not carry a big old stick to beat you with. There is a rod and a staff designed for the wolves and the bears, for the shepherd, and for the demons and the devils that come after us, the rod of God. So it says he's given us this power to pull down strongholds, to cast down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Don't ever imagine that God won't help you. Don't ever imagine that God don't love you and he's not going to come and help you in your time of need because that's contrary to what the word of God says. He says you can come boldly to his throne of grace and obtain grace and mercy to help you when you need it. That's the truth. And imagine that. Imagine that. Visualize God coming to you. Visualize the shepherd coming to rescue his sheep in time of need. 
When you pray and you call upon God, you visualize that. And all those other destructive, evil, horrifying thoughts that come in, cast them down. And the way we cast them down is with another thought, with another imagination. If you're watching something and all of a sudden a horror movie came on your screen, what would you do? Change the channel. Cast it down. Say, I'm not letting that stuff get inside of me or inside of my kids. No, sir. Change the channels, what we're talking about. So it says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into, what's that word? Captivity. You know, that means to capture. And I have a little net here. You know, I could probably capture something with that, couldn't I? I could, I could capture something with that and, and make it unavailable to go and do what it was going to do before. And the Bible says here, it says, in bringing into captivity every, what? Thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought that you and I should entertain and to allow to become an extended thought and develop it into an imagination, every thought should honor God and his word. And the devil tries to fill us full of fear and worry and anxiety because you imagine it, you create it. The Bible tells us Job, Job, one of the most godly men, and it says what he feared most came upon him. Does that make sense? What is fear? Do you think it could also be an imagination? When you're afraid of something, you're just imagining, there's a snake going to crawl out from one of them bushes over there. There's probably a bear out there, you know? And I'm saying, yeah, yeah. And you're going, no, no, you know? But the thing is, fears are imaginations. You imagine something bad's happened. You know, somebody's late getting home, and you, you've imagined all kinds of horrible, terrible things, right? And we need to cast those imaginations and those thoughts that will become imagination, we need to cast them down and we need to capture them and bring them into captivity. You're not going to rule and reign on my heart and my mind no more. No, sir. You're not going to do that. We got to pay attention to what you're imagining. Can I play you a song? It's an old song. If you want to play a little piece of it, I want you to listen to this song.
Yeah. Then you go, well, Pastor Ron, I, I like that melody. I like that song. What was that guy's name? John, John who? Lennon. Great voice, nice melody, but he's promoting a lie. He says, imagine there's not a heaven and there's no hell, and we're just living for the day. Imagine there's no religion. He goes on, imagine there's no possessions. We're just living for the day for ourselves. Don't bother, there's no heaven, there's no hell. Just do what you jolly well please. Nice melody that will send people to hell. So we better pay attention to what we're imagining because lots of times things get into our noggin because we're singing them, because we're watching them, and, and, and we're creating imaginations that we they don't seem to be all that bad or that wrong. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. Kids grow up going, there's no heaven, there's no hell. It's just all about me doing whatever I want today. Just living the way I want to live. It's a very evil concept, and that, it seemed like it might have had a wreck or something, or somebody might have cast it down. Because it's a lie from the pits of hell. That's just the truth of it, you know. So uh, Eve had an imagination. Eve had an imagination that if I eat that apple, I'm going to be wise. I can see myself being wise. And and Adam, he's going to eat some, and he's going to become wise too. And, oh, this is a great tasting apple. It looks so good. And, hey, Adam. She should have cast that imagination down. Why? It exalted itself against what God told them. God said, don't eat off that tree. Didn't he? Any tree in the garden, just don't eat off of that one. And the devil came around and said, oh, God just don't want you to be wise and and be like him. If you eat off this tree, you'll be just like God. And and, and he don't want you to be that way. So look how pretty it is. The devil stimulated an imagination that needed to be cast down. And the Bible tells us now that you and I have been given weapons uh, that are absolutely phenomenally powerful that can cast down those kinds of imaginations that exalt itself against God. And that we can bring every one of our thoughts into captivity to the obedience of, of Christ. And we don't have to sit there and, and daydream and think about and have nightmares and, and daymares and and all that, we can have good and godly imaginations that will transform your life forever. Imaginations begin with a thought. It begins with a thought. Good or bad, but it begins with a thought. Albert Einstein said, logic will get you from A to Z. Imagination will get you everywhere. Just, huh. That's true. Albert Einstein went on to say eloquently, he said, imagination is everything. It is the preview for life's coming attractions. Do you know what my life's coming attraction is? The best is yet to come. No matter what you see happen to me on this old planet here, you can still be well assured that the best is yet to come for me. That's just the truth of it. And if you saw my tattoo that says Roman 8.28 strikes again, 
I haven't got it on my arm yet. Susan's not quite comfortable with that. She says, you already got it tattooed on your brain and on your heart. Ain't that enough? But see, I believe the best is yet to come. Can you imagine when something bad happens, can you imagine that God could turn around and work it together for good? Absolutely. That's a choice that we make. You cast it down, the negative things, because that thing comes up a lot easier, a lot quicker, the negative. And you casted it down. And you made room to imagine what God says in his word. That's just the way it is. Psalms, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Proverbs 23, verse 7. It says, <clears throat> talking about mankind, as he or she thinks in his heart, or as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And you, you remember the little train. Well, I remember the little train. And when I was a kid in probably the second grade, I heard the story about the little train. And it was a little cute little train, and it was doing its work, and it was chugging along. And then it had to go up this real big hill. And it started up that hill, and it started up that hill, and he's pulling a long train with him, you know. It's little, but it's long, and he's going up there. And he started saying what? I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. He imagined himself reaching the top of that hill. And then as he was going down the other side, he was going, I knew I could, I knew I could, I knew I could, I knew I could, I knew I could. Do you do that? You should. You say, well, I pray about things and just doubt and fear and worry. It just bombards me. Cast it down. What if a whole bunch of ticks crawled up from the grass all over the side of your face? Oh, there's ticks all over my face. Are you going to leave them there? And just talk about them? Or are you going to knock them off? Cast them down, right? Destroy them. Demolish them. And when negative imaginations and thoughts that are contrary to what God's word says creeps up into our mind, we got to cast it down. There's power, and that's transforming power when we imagine things. That's just the way it is. You ever imagine that you could start a business? There's probably people here right now who have businesses because you imagined you could do it and you did it. Have you ever imagined that uh, you could ride a bike before you actually could? I remember when I learned to ride a bike. Absolutely, I imagined it or I wouldn't have got on the thing, you know? Did you ever imagine you could swim or ski and lo and behold, in time, you figured it out, you imagined it. And then you learn to swim, and she's like, you're doing what you had imagined that you could do. Once upon a time, I imagined that Susan would say yes. If I had not imagined she would say yes, I would have not asked her. Does that make sense? But I imagined that she would say yes when I asked her to marry me, and therefore I asked her to marry me, and she said yes. But I imagined it was a thought. It was an expanded thought. It wasn't just like the first time I met her. It's talking about, why don't you ask her to marry you? Oh, would you? No, no, no. That thought had expanded over, over a few years, and, and I asked her, and I imagined that she was going to say yes, and lo and behold, she did say yes. Farmers imagine a crop in their fields, or they would not waste the time, energy, and money to plant it. 
they can imagine. They can see the, the crops out there, whether it's corn or wheat or grains or, or whatever. They can see it. They can imagine that in their fields. And that's just not some careless little haphazardly kind of thing. It's something that you and I have received from the almighty God, the ability to imagine. And I'm talking about God's creative power is unlocked. It's unleashed to you and me through our imagination. What have you been imagining today? What have you been imagining this past week? What have you been imagining since the hurricane hit? What have you imagined since, you know, some issues came about with your job or finances or health? What have you been imagining? We need to cast down the bad imaginations. We genuinely do. Because the devil's playing king of the hill and he wants to take over your imaginations so it can become the negative that you're imagining, that your fear, the thing that you fear would come upon you. That's the devil's tactic, you, you see. Now, Grandma, she saw Billy outside one day, and he had a stick, and he was just like... <laughs> and he was just going everywhere. I mean, look, he was going miles and miles, just round in circles and around the farm, up and down the drive, everywhere, just wide open. I said, Billy, what are you doing? He said, Grandma, I got tired of walking, so I decided to ride my horse. He imagined it, but I'm telling you, he was, he was doing it. It's amazing. Kids uh, often find it easier maybe to imagine. It's a lot easier to imagine the things that you really desire. So when you're praying, you imagine and you visualize. I can tell you, in regards to my brother Wally, we prayed for him for years and years and years. About as long as this church has been here, we've been praying for my brother. And a few years ago, he genuinely gave his life over to Christ. But every time I prayed for my brother, Wally, he's a police officer. When I would pray for him, I would see him sitting in here. I would visualize him sitting in our service with his hands raised up worshiping God. I imagined that for, for almost 40 years. And now he's actually doing that. He's part of a a worship team in a church, you know. I'm telling you, imagine what you pray for and imagine what God's word says and imagine what you believe. Don't imagine the fears and the doubts and the anxieties and the worries that come in. Cast those rascals down. That's what we need to do. Desire is the extra. It's the part of the blanket that hangs over the bed and keeps you warm. Have you ever had a, a blanket that was too small? Foot kept slipping out of, you know? I was thinking if it was cold enough, I would just wrap up in my blanket here, you know? But you know what I'm talking about when a blanket, it, it, it goes off the side of the bed. There ain't no cold air going to come in under there, is it? But desire is this extra. It's like the extra length of the blanket, if you would that hangs off the bed. It keeps you warm. It's that little extra. Our desire, the desires that we have, it's important. What you desire, it empowers your imagination. It's that little extra that turns hot water into steam. 
At 211 degrees, you, it's, it's, the water's good for shaving and making a cup of coffee and so forth. At 212 degrees, that's one degree more. That hot water changes into steam and it can power a locomotive around our communities and it can actually propel steamships around the world. The little extra, you know, will enable you to succeed. And I'm telling you, when you have desire and you mix it with imagination, I'm telling you, it empowers imagination that God gave you, and it's the creative power of Almighty God that he gave you, and, and that you can believe, and you can receive, and you can change this world that we live in. Now, some of you might be sitting here right now just imagining, well, that wouldn't work for me. That should be cast down. Because the devil wants to play king of the hill, and he don't want you on top of the hill. He wants to be up there and to manipulate and control your life. That's just the truth of it. Desire, it empowers our imagination. It says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power, his divine power has given us everything. Everybody say everything. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Verse 4. Through these, the knowledge of him, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in his divine nature, that your nature will be like his nature. Your imagination can be like his imagination. You may participate in the divine nature, just like his, and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. See, evil desires and evil thoughts create evil imaginations. And I venture to say we've all had some of those. And those are the things that God has given us weaponry to fight against and to overcome and to stop and to cast down. He has given you and me that. It's our desire... It's, our, it's your desires, your resolution that's, that counts. Abraham Lincoln pointed this out to a young man who had written Lincoln for advice. And this is Lincoln's reply. My dearest sir, I have just reached home and found your letter. If you are resolutely determined to make a lawyer of yourself, the thing is more than half done already. It is but a small matter whether you study with anybody or not. I did not study with anyone. He didn't go to school. He says, get the books and read and study them till you understand them and their principal features. And that is the main thing. It is of no consequence to be in a large town while you're studying. I studied at New Salem, which never had 300 people living in it. The books and your capacity for understanding them are just the same in all towns. Always bear in mind that your own desire, that's where my focus is, 
that your own desire and resolution to succeed is more important than any other one thing. Abraham Lincoln. That's what he said. Because he learned to study and read on his own, and he used a good book. And we've got an awesome book to read and to study. And we need to have the desire that this book creates within us. And we don't need to let the darkness put out the light that, that rises up within us. May our imaginations be expanded by reading and meditating on this book. And it's really interesting if you do a little bit of study, and we don't have time to go into it very deeply, but the word meditating and imagination is about the same thing. Oh, really? Meditating is daydreaming what the word says. And imagination is daydreaming what the word says. And we make a choice that I'm not going to allow myself to have negative imaginations. Now, you remember Joshua? He was with uh, Moses as they was leaving Egypt and was going to the promised land. And Joshua imagined that he could defeat all the giants in the promised land. Him and Caleb, they imagined that they could whoop them, and they came back and said, let's go in and get them. And there were 10 of the spies against Joshua and Caleb who said, no, we can't do it. Do you remember what they imagined they were? Grasshoppers. So we looked at them guys, and we became grasshoppers in their sight. Don't imagine yourself to be no grasshopper. Don't, unless you are a massive, powerful grasshopper that you're going to bite giant on the toe and knock him down. I'm telling you, they had a choice here. Two men imagined that they could whoop all the giants and move into the promised land because God said to. And ten of them said, well, it's just like God said it was, but... We can't go in because we were like grasshoppers in their side. They're so big. That's what happened. How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as a giant slayer? Or do you see yourself as a grasshopper? You will imagine one of those. Maybe when you dream at night or when you're sitting around just daydreaming, looking out the, the window and, and difficulties and finances and health things and relational things, and you just sit there and you feel defeated and defeated and defeated, and it's just going to get worse in your imagination, cast that thing down. Well, we don't recognize where that's coming from. It might sound as nice as that guy's song sounded, but it bears a lie in it. Imaginations causes things to happen. Uh, listen to what it says here in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. God's word says, be strong. They don't say nothing about being a grasshopper. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Be careful to obey them all. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the, the right or to the left, and then you will be successful in... Everything you do. Wow. Just follow the instructions. And then he goes on and says it again, verse 8. Study this book of instructions annually. How does it say study it? Continually. Study 
this book of instructions as often as you eat. Study it continually. Meditate. Daydream about it. Day and night. So you will be sure to obey everything written in it. If you'll daydream about it, you'll meditate, you'll do what it says. See, you're daydreaming about what God says in his word there. Only then, only then will you, what does it say? And where? And all you do. Now, I didn't write this. This is God wrote this. He said, study this book of instructions continually. Meditate on it day and night. So you'll be sure to obey everything written in there. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. Meditation is talking about imagination. It's about dwelling on it, thinking about it, visualizing, seeing how it affects you. That's what he's talking about. Now listen to this verse. This happens to be the first. <clears throat> when the world was kind of turning their back on God and and uh, everybody spoke the same language. The same language. But then God, you remember what he came in and did to that language thing? Yeah. It was called the Tower of uh, Baffle. And they began to build this tower. They were going to show God who was king of the hill. And they had determined it was them. And listen to what it says. I'm going to read to you in Genesis chapter 11, verse 6. Just one verse of it because of our time. It says, And the Lord said, Now this is to people who are rebelling against him, trying to be king of the hill themselves. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people. They had united. There's power when people becomes one. There really is. Even on an evil scale. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language. And they were trying to keep their language one. They didn't want to be confused and all tangled up, because there would be division. They would not have the power they had. But it says, And the Lord said, Who said this? And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is the and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And now nothing they have, what's that word? Nothing they have imagined they can do will be impossible for them. Now, if that would work for rebellious people who is rebelling against God and God says, they're speaking the same language. They're in harmony, and nothing is impossible to those who imagine they can do it. How much more powerful is it when men and women, boys and girls, begin to imagine that everything God has said is true? You think it's impossible for it to happen? It's possible. It's possible. All things are possible to those who believe. And all things are possible to those who imagine. Because, see, imagining is believing. And you and I need to use our imagination. That's why the devil comes at us through every media form out there. Not just books and stuff anymore, but through the mass media. All through the Internet, through, through the, 
the uh, uh, internet and through the televisions and the movies and every possible method, you know, he's trying to get us to imagine less than what God says. In the schools, public schools and colleges around here, I find myself just totally, absolutely shocked. How do we let these people even in there to teach our kids? Well, I can imagine they're not going to succeed anymore. Because I believe that we can pray and that God can protect our kids. What do you think? And I'm telling you, when you pray about something in your own life, in your own family's life, you need to believe and you need to begin to imagine that it is as you prayed. Because that's what he tells us to do in his word. Now, somebody may have come across your path and say, well, I prayed for something like that one time and they died. (laughs) Well, we're not basing our prayer on you. We're basing our praying on what God says in his word. And I want to live by this book and die by this book. And I'm telling you, I didn't read the last of it. We win. I'm just telling you, we absolutely do. We believers need to cultivate our imagination because our imagination is bombarded with all kind of seductive, lustful, stirring up, you know, doubt-filled, fearful, anxious kinds of stuff is, is thrown at us every day of our life. Do you know what I'm talking about? And we need to cultivate our imagination, a godly imagination. We need to cultivate that thing based upon what God's word says. So what now is proved once was only imagination. Once we imagined we would go to the moon. Once we imagined that man would fly. Once we imagined that everybody could have their own automobile, you know. Kids sitting around their home. Six months, one year, year and a half old, watching moms and dads walk everywhere, sitting there going, we can do that. And lo and behold, do you remember when you first started walking? You can't remember that far back in, yeah. But you know, one day, just out of the clear blue, after you already got up on the coffee table, and you was already swinging on the curtains in the house and all, you know, and then you took your first walk or two. You had seen other people doing it and was imagining that you could do it. I mean, you imagine that, or you wouldn't have ever tried to do so. Hmm. What do you imagine about yourself now? Do, do you imagine that you're going to die soon? That you're going to die early death? Do you imagine that you're going to go bankrupt and you're going to become a failure and you're going to lose this and that? Do you imagine that? If you do, I'm telling you, it ain't God who put that thought in your mind. It is not. And I'm telling you, all the things that the devil throws against us can change if we take control and say, nope, I'm going to be king of the hill, of the hill that God wants me to be king of, of my thoughts. I'm not going to just do what the devil wants me to do. I'm not going to think those thoughts anymore. So Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, Let God transform you into a new person. 
Is it okay right now, even though you're born again and you're living for God, is it okay if God wanted to do a super duper improvement in you? Is that okay? And make you more blessed and more prosperous and more healthy? Would that be okay? So you can continue to reach other people for Christ. It says that God transformed. Romans 12, 2. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think and the way you imagine. Because imagination is just, you know, an extended thought. Every imagination begins with a thought. Are you willing for God to change the way you think? Then we got to get into this book. You got to take some little notes when God says something to you in a service, or you're watching a service, or you're watching something, or you're reading something. Take little notes. You go, hey, that's, that's, that's good. That's powerful. Begin to imagine it. Meditate on it. Chew on it. Imagine it. Because as you chew on it, as you imagine it, as you meditate on it, he says only then will you prosper and succeed in everything you do. And you can change the outcome of your life. If you're dealing with just a lot of negative imaginations, you can change that by imagining what God says in his word. Faith in God and in his word, it produces imaginations. It's like all things are possible to those who believe. <laughs> he said that. He, he says, and you know I'm going to say this, you know, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. It's going to work together. But Pastor Ron, you don't know what happened. God does, and he said all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And his purpose is that we have good imaginations. And we cast down bad imaginations. It says in Psalms 37, 4, take delight in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord. And it says, and he will give you disaster and destruction. <laughs> What's it say? He'll give you your heart's desires. That's what he says. And desires, he wants you to have desires. And desires really fan the flames of imagination, you know. David imagined that he could take out a warrior called Goliath with a slingshot. He imagined, with a, you are stupid, David. Get back here behind the rocks with us. But David imagined he could take out a giant with a slingshot. He imagined it. He never dealt with a giant before. He dealt with lions. He dealt with bears. Try to get his dad's sheep. What about you? Can you imagine yourself taking out a Goliath? I can imagine that. It's just like I would rather choose to believe what God says than what the devil says. I'd rather watch God's movie than the devil's movie. I'd rather meditate on what God says than on what the devil says. And it's a choice that you and I have, and he tells us. You imagine it, and it's going to happen. Very familiar passage. Don't worry about anything. You know what worry is? Worry and fear is the worst use of your imagination. So you go, here's your imagination. Come over here, imagination. Somebody's late coming home tonight. What can we imagine happened to them? Should we call the hospital first or the morgue? You know what I'm talking about? 
The devil will get you to think the absolute worst and imagine it. And sometimes you help create it. Job says, the thing I feared most, it came upon me. And we need to cast down those things that we fear most. And we need to begin to build our imaginations around what God says in his word and believe it. Believe it. You see that song that we started with tonight? This little boy was praying for his mama. You know what happened to her? I don't know if you saw the movie or not, uh, the song. She was healed. They were all just, just taking what came, just taking what came and just being crushed by it. But this little boy started, and then they began to believe that God could do what God said he would do, and God worked a miracle. And God specializes in doing that very thing. But says, don't worry about anything. Well, I can't help it. Yes, you can. Do something else with your mind. Instead of watching a bad movie, change the channel. Don't worry about anything. I said, pray about everything. Imagine that God is answering your prayers. Did you pray? Yeah. Well, imagine that he's answering them. Sometimes it takes a little while. Don't worry about anything. He said, pray about everything. You mean God can do that? Yeah, he can do that. You mean when I start thinking, I can't do that. You mean I can do it too? I can do all things through uh, Christ who strengthens me. It's, it's easier to imagine the worst, but don't. Cast it down. It says, don't worry about anything. It said, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. And then thank him for all he's done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything, anything, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard our hearts and minds as we live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts and thoughts. Expand into imaginations. Imaginations start with the thought. Fix your thoughts on whatever is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable and think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Coach Paul called him Bear. Bryant once said, what matters is not the size of the dog in the fight, but the size of the fight in the dog. I'm going to tell you, that's true. When I was a little boy, I went over to my uncle and aunt's house. We went there, mom and dad took us there, and we would go like once a month or so, and there was this little dog coming around from a neighbor's house over there, just a little bitty nothing of a dog. And I figured as big as I was, even as a kid, I must have been 100 times bigger than that dog, you know. Maybe not quite, but I was big compared to that dog. That dog came on, and I did like this. I went, get out of here. And that dog did not turn around and run, but he came after me, barking and so on. <laughs> that dog, I am absolutely, 100%, positively, you know, assured that that dog imagined he was a grizzly bear. <laughs> and I imagined he was too. Okay? <laughs> what about you? Have you seen little dogs like that? Yes. She's like, you know what? They make great big dogs run. That's the way you and I need to be spiritually. We need to believe God's word. We need to be the little runt like David with a slingshot. We need to believe God. We need to imagine whatever God says about us is absolutely true.
the truth. Well, our time is up. So we're going to stop right there and we'll continue at another time. But I'm going to tell you, what we talked about tonight was not designed to be entertaining. It was designed to make a difference in your life. God gave us his word and he said nothing is impossible to those who imagine they can do it. And the imagination is founded upon his word that you and I can become partakers of God's divine nature and we can do what he said we can do and we can lead men and women to Christ and we can pray and we can read our Bibles through and we can do all the things that God says in his word we can do and we'll receive all the blessings. You might not receive all the blessings. You don't have enough room for all the blessings right this moment, but he'll deal them out to you as you need them and he will do that. And I want you to imagine it and begin to make room for those blessings. Make room for those blessings if you believe him. And I'm not talking about some fairy tale or something. I'm talking about what God says in his word. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So let's think positive. Let's think what the word of God says. Let's imagine everything we're praying for and everything we're believing for. Let's imagine it. See that on the movie screen of your mind. And don't matter how long it takes. Well, my brother, he's living for Jesus now. Somewhere around 35 years of praying, was it worth it? Absolutely, beyond a shadow of a doubt. How long do we pray? Until. Well, Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for your promises. Thank you, Father, for the promises. And help us not to go on the negative side. Help us to keep our imagination working for you. Help us to cast down all the other imaginations that that try to tear at us. Help us, Almighty God, to bring all of our thoughts into captivity to what your word says. Help us, Father, not to say those negative things about others or about ourselves, but help us to believe everything that you said is true. Even if we're struggling with it, help us to speak it and to say it and imagine it. Help us to feed upon what you said in your word. And Lord, awaken us when we see ourselves feeding upon the world. Like a guy singing about imagine there's no heaven. Lord, awaken us when we hear things and see things that we know is contrary to your word. Awaken us to stop allowing that to get into us. Because we want to be your men and your women. We want to have your blessings. We want to have your healing. We want to have healthy bodies until we see you face to face. We want to have the resources that we need to win men and women and boys and girls into your kingdom. We want to have good relationships in our our families, in our community, in our workplaces. And Lord, we're determined to imagine it as we're praying about it and visualizing it and seeing it on the inside, on the movie screen of our mind. Because you said to, and you said nothing is impossible to those who imagine they can do it. Thank you, Father, that you've created us with this creative power that you have unleashed as we imagine. As our heads are bowed, would you join me in a simple prayer to reaffirm our faith in an awesome Savior? If you're here tonight and you've never welcomed Christ into your, night, into your life, I want you to imagine right now that Jesus is stretching out his hand to you and he just wants to forgive you and make you all clean. 
Imagine him writing your name in the book of eternal life. And imagine that he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Would you all pray with me? Reaffirm your faith or declare your faith for the very first time. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. And that is why you sent Jesus to die in my place to pay for my sins. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead. I believe that he is alive and he's knocking at the door of my heart. And I open my heart and I receive Jesus as my Savior, as my Lord, and as my King. I'm sorry for my sinful ways. I'm sorry for being negative. Help me today to begin to imagine things the way you want me to. Help me, oh God, to cast down the things you want me to. In Jesus' name. Amen. Before you go, let me see if I can find my... Uh, a weekly challenge here. It just simply says, this week I choose to imagine that everything God has said in his word is true and it will happen. If that's you, you say, I'm going to try that this week. Check it off, drop it in the tithe box if you would. If, if you're willing to help out at our picnic, right around the corner, there's going to be all kinds of exciting stuff going on at the picnic. Climbing walls, there are rope courses high and low and, you know, basketball and volleyball and some 75-foot-long sliding board that comes from the top of the mountain over there. And there's all kinds of things on this adventure race. And we're going to have some of the most awesome food. And if you're willing to help us out, I was supposed to have me a list of all the different things that we might would need, but I, I, I couldn't find it. So you use your imagination what we need at the picnic. And then you fill out one of these and if you just say, I'll do whatever you need me to do, that works also. If you need some prayer, there'll be folks right here who will pray with you. And we're going to imagine right now that you're going to get your prayers answered. And when you leave, you're going to imagine that those prayers are going to be answered the way you're asking God to do. So if you need some prayer, you come and take advantage of that. And if you prayed with me a while ago and you accepted Christ in your life, stop at our connections desk, pick up the gift bag, that we have for you. It's got a Bible and some other little goodies in there that would inspire you. And uh, let's see, anything else I need to say? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Is it next week we have the uh, Connections course or the following? Next week? Saturday. Next Saturday is the Connections course. And it tells you where we came from. And we've been here, what, 37 some odd years now and you know, how church got started. But the biblical foundations that young Christians and old Christians need. We'll go through all those kinds of things. It's a good reminder if you're an older Christian. It's a good for young Christians and also people who've asked me this past week, so, well, Pastor, how do I become a member? Well, show up is probably the number one thing, you know, uh, is to show up. But if you go through the Connections course and at the end of it, you go like, I agree with that. You know, you can become a member right there. They'll even give you a nice card that says you are one if you want it. That's not what we're pushing and promoting, but if you want that, that's available. And uh, then would you greet one another on your way out? 
you know, and uh, give everybody a handshake, a high five, a, a hug or something. And you know what? If you know somebody who would benefit by hearing the gospel, you could just give them a call and say, you know what? It'd probably be good if you listen to that message online or, or I'll go with you in the morning, take you out for breakfast or something to make an eternal difference in someone else's life. Let's, let's do our best to bring men and women, boys and girls into God's kingdom. God bless you. You are dismissed. What's that?